the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Most of us have had the experience of being laughed at when we were young. I think the junior high years are the hardest years of life. We've been mocked at. We've been laughed at for what we did or what we said or how we looked or something like that. And, uh, and, and if we never deal with that from a biblical standpoint, that could carry over to other relationships. The Bible does address this. Proverbs 29, verse 25. And you have to apply this. This is a broad principle, but this is so true. Proverbs 29, verse 25. The fear of man brings a snare. A snare is a trap. It's an animal trap. If you fear people, you're going to be trapped. You're going to behave a certain way. But he who trusts in the Lord will be exalted. This is a spiritual problem. When somebody doesn't speak, and I'm talking about they're, they're really quiet, really quiet to the point where there's very little communication, uh, it's because they're not trusting the Lord. I don't know about you, but I hated junior high. Uh, grade school wasn't so hot either. Like many, or maybe like most kids my age, I was insecure and worried constantly about what others thought of me. But when I came to Christ in high school, he showed me that he loves me. And if the king of the universe loves you, that has to give you a new confidence in all your relationships. Being well thought of is a good thing, as long as the pursuit of approval does not compromise our testimony. But when we're focused to choose between the approval of our peers and the approval of our Lord, it gets real easy to yield to the pressures of the world. Hi, thanks for listening today. This is Verse by Verse, a radio Bible class of the air led by pastor-teacher Steve Kreloff, pastor of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Pastor Steve is leading us in a study of the biblical family, and today is the conclusion of his second message about effective communication. We've covered ideas about being honest, dealing with problems daily rather than letting them accumulate, using words that build up rather than tear down, being better listeners, and not monopolizing conversations. It's been a little convicting, but we've also heard plenty of practical ideas for improving our communications and, as a result, our relationships. Pastor Steve will refresh our memories as he revisits our listening habits and then go on to deal with lack of verbal communication. And now let's take our seats and be ready to take notes. Uh, that is, if you're not driving right now. Here's Pastor Steve. Let me give you a very, very convicting verse. Proverbs 18, verse 13. I think this is one that we all should memorize. Proverbs 18, verse 13. He who gives an answer before he hears, it is folly and shame to him. Somebody is speaking to you and you just answer before they're finished. The Bible says it's folly and it's shame. And based on this verse, many husbands and wives act shamefully because they constantly interrupt one another. Constantly interrupt one another. Husband is telling, the, is telling the story of how they went out to dinner on Friday. And the wife said, no, no, no. That was Saturday. It was Saturday. Or uh, 
the wife is saying, we were driving 50 miles an hour. No, no, no. I distinctly remember it was 48 miles an hour. Uh, or you start a, a, a story and your spouse has to interrupt and finish the story. Constant interruptions and not allowing someone to talk, that exasperates a spouse, a person. And, and what eventually happens is they just stop talking. They figure, why talk? You're always going to interrupt me. You always have to grab the spotlight. Anything I say, you correct me on. And that's where some couples are. Uh, the communications have just come to a halt. Because the other person just figures, why bother? And sometimes we interrupt not to correct, but because we disagree. Especially when our spouse is criticizing us. Oh, what do you mean? And we don't let them finish. Instead of really listening, we want to react in anger and defend ourselves. And that's where James 1.19 says, be slow to anger. Be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. Because the moment you get angry, you aren't going to hear what your spouse is saying. You're too busy thinking about how you're going to defend yourself. Now, something else to help us become better listeners is, is this. Number two, give your spouse your undivided attention. This is just common courtesy. Common courtesy. It says, you are important to me. I will put down and stop whatever I'm doing. If I can, now, if you're in the middle of, of uh, doing something that can, you can stop, that's another story. But most of us can. You know, I hate it when I speak to somebody on the phone and I know that they're doing work. I know that. Because I hear little conversations in the back. I hear somebody talking to his secretary. Or, or I, I'm saying something and the response is, is just a moment too late. Or what do you think about that? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, did you hear me? And I feel like saying, look, why don't you call me back? Or why don't I call you when you have some time? I, I hate talking to someone when I don't have their, their undivided attention. And, when you, and all of us do that. When this happens, it just is very frustrating. And when, you're when your spouse is speaking to you, stop what you're doing. Give them your full attention. Turn the television off. Put the newspaper or book down. Look at them. Put, have your eyes look at their eyes and listen to them. See, some of us give the impression that we're really listening and we do all the right things outwardly, and we don't interrupt, but we're really not listening. We just look like we're listening, but we're thinking about what we're going to say next. Be very careful about that. I know, I do that all the time. And that's why you don't know what the other person is saying. And that's no communication, because I'm thinking, now here's what I'm going to say. And that's wrong. A third, a third way, uh, truth, to, uh, to help us be better listeners is, number three, stop monopolizing the conversation. Some of us just plain talk too much, and it destroys good communication. The Bible, you know the Bible condemns talking too much? Yes, it does. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 19. When there are many words, transgression is unavoidable. But he who restrains his lips is wise. Proverbs 17, verse 27. He who restrains his words has knowledge, and he who has a cool spirit is a man of understanding. In verse 28, this is great. Even a fool, when he keeps silent, is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he's counted prudent. He may not be wise, but he's not going to show his ignorance by speaking. Proverbs 12, verse 23. A prudent man conceals knowledge, but the heart of fools proclaims folly. That is, a person, some people are motor mouths. 
They never stop. And they just proclaim fire. They just go on and on and on. And it's nonsense talk. Now, why do people talk so much? Why do people talk too much? Um, let me give you a few reasons. Number one, it could be pride. And I suspect this is where most of us are at if we talk too much. Uh, our, in our pride, we're thinking that we, what we have to say is more important than the other person has to say. Or the other person has to say, so I'm just going to talk more than them. What we have to say is just worthwhile. It's, that's just pride. That's just sinful pride. And we may pretend to be interested in what our spouse is saying, but actually what we do, and some of us are experts on this, we maneuver the conversation to get it to a, to a place that interests us. But it looks like we're really interested in what they're saying, but we're just maneuvering. We're just talking, talking, talking until we get it on something that we feel comfortable with and we're talking about it. So sometimes we talk because of pride, recognize that that's just sinful. That's just wrong. Secondly, and ironically, that a lot of people talk a lot because they are lonely. You say lonely. Why, why would they talk a lot because they're lonely? Well, they live with a husband or a wife who shares and takes very little interest in them. I read recently about a woman named Mary who was married to a man who paid little attention to her. And he went to work, he came home, he ate dinner, he turned on the TV, uh, he, he went to bed. That was life. Mary was dying of loneliness. She just crushed. And in trying to get close to her husband, she talked incessantly. At dinner, she talked. She was watching television, she talked. When they were riding in the car, she talked. When he was reading the newspaper, she talked. And finally, he just tuned her out. Initially, he thought it was kind of cute. He's, he's married to someone who talks a lot. But eventually, he tuned her out. And you know what she did? She just turned up the volume. She just talked more. She's dying of loneliness. So don't interrupt, give your complete attention, and don't talk too much. Even if you're lonely, God will provide. Don't, don't talk incessantly. So principles of effective communication. Number one, be honest. Number two, deal with problems daily. Number three, use beneficial words. Number four, be a good listener. And number five is be a talker. I'm talking about too much, but be a talker. You see, communication is a two-way street. It's not enough to listen. Husbands and wives need to listen as well as talk. And there are many people, especially men. Yes, men, it's true. There are men who do little more than grunt to their wives. Now, you've heard expressions like this, getting him to talk is like pulling teeth. Or if I don't initiate the conversation, he'd never say a word. And you can't develop much of a companionship if your husband or wife does not talk to you. Your relationship becomes very, very superficial and very, very boring. It becomes a rut, a routine. And there are many who, who stay together, but inside it is just dull. It's just dull. Well, the Bible teaches that we are supposed to speak to one another. Once again, Proverbs, you don't need to turn there. Let me read it to you, but you ought to write this down. Proverbs 10, verse 11. The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life. God has given you a mouth and given you words and intelligence to talk, to be a fountain of life, a source of strength and life to others. Proverbs 12, 18, the, the last part of it says, the tongue of the wise brings healing. God has given you words to speak. Now, why is it that some people don't talk to their spouse like they should? Well, there are a couple of reasons. It's not exhaustive list, just a couple of reasons. I don't think anybody was born that way. They just didn't want to talk because God has made us to talk. 
So I don't think that someone would say, well, that's just the way I am. I don't, I just never talk. No, something's happened to, to make us that way. For some people, it's a fear of rejection. He doesn't feel like he has anything worth saying because when he did speak, when he was younger, he was ridiculed. He was laughed at. Maybe the kids at school laughed at him and his parents didn't come alongside and, and help straighten that out. Or else he grew up in a home, or it could be she, grew up in a home with the attitude of children should be seen and not heard. That's wrong. That's wrong. Children should be seen and heard. There are appropriate times. Or when he did share his opinions, nobody respected them. His parents just put them down, put him down and put his opinions down. And he, it was just a horrible experience and he looked foolish. And most of us have had the experience of being laughed at when we were young. I think the junior high years are the hardest years of life. We've been mocked at, we've been laughed at for what we did or what we said or how we looked or something like that. And, uh, and, and if we never deal with that from a biblical standpoint, that could carry over to other relationships. The Bible does address this. Proverbs 29, verse 25. And you have to apply this. This is a broad principle, but this is so true. Proverbs 29, verse 25. The fear of man brings a snare. A snare is a trap. It's an animal trap. If you fear people, you're going to be trapped. You're going to behave a certain way. But he who trusts in the Lord will be exalted. This is a spiritual problem. When somebody doesn't speak, and I'm talking about they're, they're really quiet, really quiet to the point where there's very little communication, uh, it's because they're not trusting the Lord. They're not trusting the Lord. Trust in God frees us to be ourselves. And we realize it does not matter what people think of us. It doesn't matter if they laugh at us. Uh, we're free in Christ. And the only one that really matters is the Lord. So it's, very, it's freeing to trust the Lord. Your security is in the Lord, not in, in what happened back in junior high. Or how your parents treat. And listen, some of us still have parents who are mocking us and ridiculing us. In our, in our, and we're grown adults and our opinions don't mean anything. You just have to deal with what the scripture says. It does not matter what your parents think. In that context, what does matter is what God says. If you don't do that, you're going to hesitate in opening up and sharing with your spouse. You just need to recognize that this is wrong. You need to trust the Lord. So the fear of rejection is one reason why people don't talk. Another reason is just wrong priorities. Sometimes a husband is too busy, and it could be a wife too, but I've just seen it more with husbands. A husband is too busy at work, too busy with his hobby, uh, too busy uh, doing something around the house, too busy watching television, too busy reading, too busy even with the children to have an in-depth conversation with his wife. That's, those are wrong priorities. That's just wrong. That's sinful. God's word puts a priority on the husband and the wife relationship. More important than any other relationship. And if you don't talk, you are killing that relationship. It's, it's doing a slow death. And it's sin. And you just can't excuse it. By saying, I'm too busy, because we find time to do the things that are important to us. Do you find yourself keeping silent when you'd like to say something, but experience has shown that bad things happen when you speak up? That's been the experience of a lot of people, but there are other reasons for unhealthy silence. Pastor Steve will be back in just a minute to talk about that and more when he concludes today's class. It's time that we paused briefly to introduce ourselves to those who may have just joined us mid-program. We're glad to have you with us. You are listening to Verse by Verse, 
Our teacher is Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Pastor Steve has been teaching and ministering at Lakeside since 1981, and verse-by-verse ministries developed from a passion to make his clear, expository teaching available to a larger audience. If you just discovered us, we hope you'll be able to stay with us for this helpful series of messages covering many aspects of the biblical family. And now let's start heading back to the classroom so Pastor Steve can wrap up his teaching on effective communication. We had been discussing people who talk too much, and now we have moved on to those who are too silent. Let's listen now for some practical suggestions on how we can overcome a lack of verbal communication. Let me give you a few suggestions on how to overcome a lack of verbal communication. If you are a person who has a difficult time talking, this should help you. Number one, you have to work at having a conversation. It does not come easy if you've never done this. It won't happen by accident. Keeping quiet is a habit, and habits can be broken. So first of all, you have to work on it. It's not that you just go and pray about it, and the next day you're going to be quite a conversationalist. Number two, prayer is necessary for two reasons. (coughs) Excuse me. Prayer is necessary because, first of all, God answers prayer. So you say to him, Lord, I have a real problem with opening up. I have a real problem with talking. And, and I ask you to work in my, in my life and help me to communicate with my spouse. The second reason it's necessary is because if you can open up with God, you can open up with your spouse. If you can be transparent and honest and open with God, then you can be transparent and open and honest with your spouse. So... You're not using God just to practice on your spouse, but it it just helps. Third suggestion, because you might say, well, I I don't know what to say. I I just have never, I don't know what to say. Well, then just ask your spouse questions. Just ask questions. The key to any conversation is to ask good questions. Have you ever watched Barbara Walters on television? How she brings out these things and people, she's interviewing uh, celebrities, she just asks the right questions. Those are well thought out. Those are planned. Some of us need to think through what we're going to ask our spouse. So you ask questions. If you don't know what to say, um, ask them a question. You'll respond to what they have to say. Fourth suggestion, observe how others who communicate and doing a good job, uh, observe them. Observe how they do it. And the final suggestion is make time to be alone with your spouse so that you can talk. And when the kids are not going to interrupt Make sure you take time. You have to make time. It won't happen. You make time. Now, what if you live with someone who won't open up? Then what can you do? And that can be very frustrating. What can you do? Uh, I think, first of all, you can pray about it and, uh, and be privately praying that, that God would deal with, with your spouse to open up. Because do not excuse it that, well, this is the way he or she has always been. Uh, they should and can change. Number two, you need to provide an, an environment that is safe for him or her to talk. Some husbands and wives feel like their opinions aren't respected. They still aren't respected. Or they, or they feel if they do talk, they'll be corrected, they'll be interrupted, they'll be criticized. So they just stop talking. You have to create an environment in, where, in which they are free to talk and you listen to them. Maybe you've been the one who does all the talking or most of it. Be quiet and listen. Maybe they just never talk because you didn't give them an opportunity to talk. Also, some women are reluctant to share with their husbands because he will verbally destroy her. She can't seem to disagree without being accused of being unsubmissive. 
You know what I say to that? Nonsense. That is just nonsense. When the Bible speaks of submission, it doesn't mean a wife can't, can't uh, disagree with her husband. I mean, who is, is he God? She can't disagree. Is he infallible? Actually, ought to do that with respect and reverence. But uh, uh, husbands, your wives, can, your wife can talk to you. And they ought to be able to talk freely and openly. See, that's just nonsense and it ought to be corrected. So, as we bring this to a close, what are, what are we saying? Good marriages are based upon good communication. Honesty. Are you honest with one another? I mean, are you really honest? This is how I feel. Are you hold it inside? Are you holding it inside, I should say? Number two, deal daily with your problems. Deal with them now. Don't let them fester. Deal with them today. Number three, use words that, that build up rather than tear down. Are you going to do that? Are you doing that? Are you careful about what you say? Does it bring grace for the moment? Or is your timing off? Are you listening to your spouse? Are you talking to your spouse? I'd like to give you an assignment that obviously you don't need to turn into me, but God knows. I'd like to give you an assignment, most likely something that we've said in these two weeks that we've looked at communication has, has hit on, on an issue that's not happening in your marriage. I don't believe there are any perfect marriages here. So something has had to hit home. That it's just not happening. Something that needs to be corrected. The assignment is, I'd like for each husband and wife to ask the other one this afternoon where he or she is succeeding in these principles of communication. So a husband says to his wife, tell me, where am I succeeding? Where am I doing a good job? And she says to her husband, where am I doing a good job? And then he says to her after she tells him and he tells her, where am I failing? Where do I need to make an adjustment? And she needs to say to him, where have I failed? Where do I need to make an adjustment? That's, that's your assignment. And then just do it. The other thing is I'd also suggest getting the cassette tapes of these two messages because there's a lot of information here. And quite frankly, you're not going to remember all of them. I'm not going to remember all of them. I'll have to review this. And you need to get the tapes. And you need to review them and play them and discuss with your spouse about these things and work on these issues. I'd also like to say that this has been a message geared for believers because we're talking about Ephesians 4, which is dealing about the new man, believer in Christ. But if you don't know Jesus Christ, then only Jesus Christ can give you the power to communicate effectively. Why? Because he works in your heart. He makes you a new person. And he brings humility. If, if pride is a problem in communicating where you think that whatever you have to, have to say is the only thing that's important, that's pride. Only Christ can deal with pride. So you need the Lord Jesus Christ to, to have a relationship with him. He deals with selfishness and pride. He also tames the tongue. James said, who can tame the tongue? Well, certainly we can, but God can because the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The problem is not the mouth. The problem is the heart. If you say these things, you mean them. And your heart needs to be changed, and only Jesus Christ can do that. So if you want a healthy marriage, you really need to know Jesus Christ because he makes you the kind of person who can communicate effectively with your spouse. Thank you, Pastor Steve. That was good stuff. There's no way to overstate the importance of effective communication to the health of a marriage relationship. It's something we can all work on and improve upon. 
Pastor Steve mentioned that it would be a good idea to get the audio CD of this message. Just call us at 727-239-0306. Leave your name and a phone number, and we'll return your call during weekday office hours. That number again is 727-239-0306. Perhaps you would like to listen to today's class again. Well, that's available on our website, versebyverseradio.org. You can listen to the program at the site or sign up for our free podcasting service. There's also a relatively new link on the site that will give you access to some of our past broadcasts. That web address once more is versebyverseradio.org. While you're there, we invite you to subscribe to our complimentary newsletter. It will provide information about verse-by-verse ministries and provide access to some useful Bible study tools. Please keep in mind that verse-by-verse ministries is a faith ministry which depends on the prayers and gifts of interested people who have first been supportive of their local church. It's time to say goodbye for today. We hope you can join us next broadcast for the start of another message in our Biblical Family series. We'll be looking at the husband's responsibilities in the marriage relationship. We are here to give you strength between... Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.